0: Hello everyone, uh, this is Keith from SN Hell. It's, uh, I guess, a special episode, or if you're a, a big fan of Matt, like most of us are, it's a, a non-special episode, because it's, it's just me by myself tonight. So at the end of every episode, if this is the first time you've heard it, myself, Matt, and our third chair give an MVP to whoever on the show was, you know, our most valuable. At one point we were saying not ready for a primetime player, and we're using those numbers to base our rankings for this season, and we'll do it for season two as well, and every season we do after that. This isn't a perfect system. We, we recognize that statistically we should rank everyone every episode, but regardless, this is uh, just giving an, an idea of where we thought each member of the seven not ready for primetime players finished based uh, on their performances in season one. And I also have a very brief sort of, I guess, summary or an analysis that we sort of did based on the notes we've had throughout the year. Again, people are definitely going to disagree with some of this. Definitely going to agree with some of this. This is just how we felt. Here's our rankings for the not ready for primetime players for Season 1 of Saturday Night Live. In 7th place, and this feels absolutely wrong, is Jane Curtin. Jane is always great. And I guarantee you that in uh, Season 2, Jane Curtin will not be number 7. The issue with Jane in Season 1 is they really didn't seem to know what to do with her. She was so good at being the straight woman... And so much of the season, especially the early part, was based on really bizarre, weird things. She didn't get a chance to shine. I would say if, there was, if we were giving proper rankings for every episode, Jane would probably finish second because she was always good, but never the standout. It's one of these things where being an excellent supporting actor doesn't get you the prize except maybe Best Supporting Actor. So we adore Jane, and we were all we were all very shocked when we saw that uh, she finished number seven. And like I said, this will not trend in season two. Number six is Garrett Morris. The sad part about Garrett, and this will go throughout his whole run, is that they really don't know what to do with Garrett. The man is immensely talented, far better trained than anyone in the cast, and and, and quite versatile, but yet, for a number of reasons... They just don't write for him. And we've said it a number of times on the show that when Garrett is given something great, he is great. For me, three of my favorite sketches of the year were Garrett's sketches, his role in Life or Follies, uh, Garrett Morris sings Schubert, and Fondue from Namibia. All amazing pieces done by Garrett Morris. The problem is, though, 90% of the time, he is relegated to waiters in the background, three lines Or something very uh, heavily based on race. Uh, And I'm really interested to see where he fits as far as seasons 2 through 5 are considered. Number 5 for us was actually John Belushi. Belushi has gone on to be adored. And even at that time, he had a strong backing of fans. The issue with Belushi for us, as far as negative, is that he's very broad. A lot of his comedy sometimes comes off as mean-spirited. As we go through season two, we're starting to see that Belushi sort of simmers down on some of this and then ramps it up in other ways. And I think he gets a better hold of it partway through season two. But as far as season one is concerned, Belushi's got our number five. Number four for us was Lorraine Newman. Lorraine Newman is, for my money, the most versatile performer in the early season. And the problem with that is she disappears into her character. She's the complete opposite of Belushi, and to some extent, Gilda Radner, where you always see Belushi and you always see Radner. Whereas Lorraine goes from Sherry Norwalk to Fritzi Kringle to Indira Gandhi, and you really sometimes don't even realize it's Lorraine. And because of that, she's sometimes hard to pin down. She was also very against doing repeating characters. Tremendously versatile, tremendously talented. And also, too, she came from a slightly different background. As far as being in the mix with the writers and the uh, other performers, at this early stage, Lorraine doesn't have the relationship a lot of the other ones do, nor does Garrett or Jane, which might indicate why none of them finished in the tippy-tippy top. Number three for us was Gilda, and she was actually tied with our second place. Gilda is absolutely amazing, but there's no question that, at least for us, the weaknesses with Gilda Radner is when she gets caught or mired, as we've said in these repeatable characters. And while they're memorable, when you watch them week to week, they're actually a heck of a lot weaker than they are watching maybe two or three segments on a highlight reel or an old episode in isolation. In a sense to us, Gilda is better than what she's remembered for and early in season one she did come out of the gate quick with a lot of good stuff and just such a charming nice wonderful kindness that really exudes when she's performing however by the end of the first season the recurring character curse was starting to get its hold on gilda her popularity with us dropped a little bit number two is chevy chase and chevy was tied with gilda Chevy came out of the gate stronger than anyone. It's been noted, and we said it on the show as well, that Chevy was the one who knew how to do TV. Thing about Chevy, he comes out really early, he does have the Gerald Ford impression in his pocket, he has Weekend Update as well. But as the season wears on, Chevy sort of falls into a rut where all he's doing is kind of the same thing, whether it's... Chevy, Gerald Ford. The few times we do get to see him in a character, he he, he usually does quite well. I remember the Greg Allman bit um, and a few other bits like that. Even if you don't like the sketch, he, he pulls off something that's worth noting. And our number one not ready for primetime player uh, should come as no surprise. It came as no surprise to me is, is Dan Aykroyd. Acroyd is an amazing utility player. He does impressions, he does original characters, he does one-offs, and he's got this amazing pitch man that Fits into almost every commercial. Maybe the reason history doesn't always put him up where they maybe should is that he's a lot like Lorraine in that he does disappear into his characters a lot. It's easy to sometimes forget that that's Acroyd. As we go through the seasons, we'll definitely be reevaluating this stuff as we go. But I've always t- thought of Acroyd as one of the top three performers to date because of his versatility and his uh, just his unique abilities as well. Quite a few of our MVP awards this season went to hosts, musical guests. Ga- and people just making cameos. I think a lot of that is reflective of the way the show was done this early on. It is a relatively small cast, and there have been, you know, some cameos and some really strong hosts on episodes where maybe the uh, Not Ready for Primetime players weren't so strong themselves. Takes a while to find your footing, I suppose. Folks like Lorne Michaels and Don Pardo, who were always there, got a couple, and uh, some some hosts that come in. I know Buck Henry got one, and even Scred the Muppet got one. So not to, uh, to spoil anything, but as we go through Season 2, we are already seeing that the number of others to win has declined drastically. So that's where we are at the end of Season 1 with our rankings and our thoughts. On behalf of Matt and all the third chairs, I want to thank you very much for, for listening and the support throughout the, uh, the last year and a half. We're really excited. We know this is a long process, and uh, it may be so long that we won't be able to finish it, but uh, we're having a great time doing it. Good way to get together and, and have some laughs and talk about something we really enjoy. So thanks very much. Uh, like and subscribe and comment if you are so inclined, and uh, have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye.